Hey, what's up, podcast? This is Match Lava, and you're listening to the Road to Freedom Pod. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Match Lava. And today is Tuesday, May 17th, 2022, and it has been a busy day. There hasn't been a ton that happened in release terms for today, so won't be a whole lot to cover there. But there was just a lot going on for me. I was trying to get some stuff done and ended up getting tied up with some stuff going on around my house, just regular like house chores, stuff like that. So let's just get into it. Let's talk a little bit about what happened today. I'll kind of recap some of my day and talk about some of the things that I have been noticing in the reselling world. So today we didn't really have anything of real like worth to talk about for releases. I believe that there may have been one sneakers release this morning. I want to say that it was a Nike Dunk High red and white colorway, like a clean looking shoe, but Dunk Highs really haven't been performing well this past year. It's really been like 2020 was really the year of the dunk and people talked about it and every dunk was profitable. I, I believe I sold a pair of maize and black Dunk Highs for like 200 or $250 or something stupid like that. Like people were buying any dunk, any colorway for stupid amounts of money. And so I made a lot of money on dunks in 2020, but that is not the case today. Good, clean, good colorway dunk lows do really well right now. We see that with the panda colorways, especially those black and white colorways of the dunk low. They're everywhere. And I, I saw somebody take a photo and post it in Discord the other day where there were about three or four people just on one subway train. They were in New York and there was about three or four people just in like their car that had panda dunk clothes on, which is crazy. I don't know if it was theirs. I think it was off of Twitter, but it was really funny because you think about how hard it was to get dunks in 2020 and now everybody's wearing them and especially that colorway. They've restocked it now, I want to say six or seven times at least. I mean, I've seen so many restocks for those on Nike, on sneakers. There's been other releases. They did the Next Natures. So there's just been tons and tons of restocks and releases around that black and white Dunk Low colorway. It really is becoming like a staple shoe. And so now it's it's so common. And if you think back just two or three years ago, nobody was wearing Dunks. They were thought of as cheap. They were thought of as crappy. They were thought of as unstylish, uncool. The real big things in Nike were more Air Forces, more Jordan 1s, more... Um, you know, like just some of the regular kind of staple silhouettes of Nike, but the dunks have really become one of those like everyday wear shoes that people want to wear now because they've just become so cultural and Nike really pushed that. They pushed a lot of huge collabs with a lot of big brands and it really brought the dunk into the forefront of a lot of sneakerheads' minds and then they obviously started wearing them. There was a lot of hype around them. They brought all these other brands in. So people that weren't necessarily a fan of Nike or a fan of the Dunklow in particular, they became a fan of it because, oh, my favorite brand did one, uh, a collab with that shoe. And then they missed it, but they ended up saying, hey, I, I kind of like the shoe a little bit and I think there's value there. So they ended up creating value out of that shoe by doing a lot of cool collabs with other big brands think of the strange loves think of the chunky donkeys those are uh, ben and jerry's collab lots of really really cool collabs that they did that will probably never be done again i mean strange loves an exception they do that i think every year they do one or two collabs with them but really like that ben and jerry's collab will be one of the most iconic nike dunks ever released and will be one of the most iconic nikes i think for people that think back of what was going on when it was released how it was just like a, a really weird time in the world and that was one of the shoes that i just remember so vividly of 2020 because it was so strange i mean like it was just such a strange collab 
and I remember it releasing. I remember going for it. I remember being extremely disappointed when I didn't hit. But overall, a very good-looking shoe. Uh, crazy, albeit, but like a very good-looking, crazy collab shoe. And those sorts of things kind of bring a Nike silhouette onto the map for a lot of people that may not necessarily want it otherwise, right? Like people that want to dunk may not have initially ever wanted a dunk low, but they see, hey, there's this crazy cool shoe that's releasing on Nike. It's a collab with Ben and Jerry's. I like their ice cream. I think the shoe's kind of wacky and cool. People are probably like, well, I'm wacky and, and hopefully cool, so I'm going to buy it. They end up missing, but then they kind of like the the silhouette of the shoe. They see all these other releases coming out and they buy that. That's kind of how it generally would work. And so you've seen this kind of transcend into society where a lot of people now are just wearing this dunk low. And that also boosted the Jordan 1 lows because when people couldn't get dunk lows, well, what's a Jordan 1 low? It's basically a dunk low with a Nike swoosh on it uh, and the Jordan logo in, in different places that looks eerily similar to a Nike Dunk. So it just has the, a different sole, basically, is, ex- is, is exactly what you're seeing there. And so overall, it's it's really done a lot for them. Dunks have become very, very profitable for Nike, I believe, because there's so many people are wearing them, and they didn't used to be that way. But Dunk Highs, on the other hand, circling around to where we were, not profitable. Nobody really wants them. They're not the same, and they don't probably feel the same, right? They're just a clunkier looking shoe. A Dunk Low is more sleek. It's more subtle, but it's a clean looking shoe. So the Dunk Highs I haven't been going for. Today was not an exception. I did not go for that as well. And profits were all across the board, but pretty low. So that was what we had this morning. Nothing crazy. Um, Outside of that, today I was focused a little bit on doing some research for Amazon and then just I had some yard work and stuff like that I had to get done and I kind of try and plan that out throughout the week. The one thing about working from home and having a business for myself is that I can kind of stagger my hours however I need to. So if it's a nice day out and it looks like it's a break in the day where it's not raining or anything like that and being in Pittsburgh, it rains all the time. Like we've had like seven or eight days of sun uh, this year and so it's just been one of those things where when you get a sunny day, you have to kind of take advantage of it and there was some stuff I had to do outside so I kind of jumped on that got some of it done and then I had some playstations I had to ship out today so I got those all packed up ran those over to the shipping center that I was shipping them out at shipped them out came back and that was a while because I for stuff like that like here's a tip right if you're going to ship something that's expensive you're, you're selling a, a console you're selling a graphics card that's several thousand dollars like if you're doing anything like that drop it off at the actual place that you're going to ship it like if if nothing else do not go and fulfill it somewhere else like i drop a lot of packages off sometimes at an advanced auto because they do ups pickups there for free or i'll drop them off at like a dollar general or a walgreens if they're doing fedex don't drop it off there like be smart go to the actual place no matter how far it is if you're dropping off high priority like high value items because you don't want somebody to break in and like this is low chances of happening right there's a very low chance that somebody in advanced auto breaks into like the store and steals your package but if they do and it's scanned into there i'm pretty sure ups doesn't cover it until it's in their possession and so you get in this weird thing where it's like okay well somebody stole this but i'm who am i gonna like go after now I, i can't get a refund from ups because it wasn't stolen from them i can't get a refund from advanced auto because they don't really care so like what do i do and so for me, I always go right to where I'm going to, like right to the source. I find a fulfillment center for UPS or FedEx, or obviously there's post offices if you if you trust them, which I generally don't for most things except like media mail stuff and light items. And I just drop it off right there. And so 
it, it saves me kind of that worry of saying, well, hopefully everything worked out. Hopefully the person didn't open my package. And that's another thing. I, I had this weird situation maybe two years ago where I had shipped out a $600 item on eBay. The buyer got it, said there was nothing in there. They had like a thousand feedback and eBay sided with the buyer. And so I said, okay, cool. And I went to UPS or, or FedEx. I think it was FedEx. And I said, hey, the buyer said they didn't get anything. eBay sided with the buyer. They showed me empty, like an empty box. I want, I want a refund for this. And they didn't give me any money. So I went back to eBay and eBay said, yeah, we're not doing anything about it because the buyer said that there's nothing in there. And I called eBay probably six or seven times. And they said, well, the buyer filed like legal documents saying that they went and filed a police report. So if you want to file a police report with your place, then we can talk about this. And for me, I, I didn't really know what I was doing. It was a big blow to take a $600 loss, but I wasn't about to go get the police involved because I just didn't know what was involved with that. And I still don't know what's involved with that. Probably would handle things a little bit differently now, but either way, they had filed a police report, which is kind of legitimate. And so it made me think, hey, maybe this was stolen in transit. And if it was stolen in transit and UPS and FedEx check at every shipping station where it's checked in. So whenever they drop something off at a warehouse, they check to see if the weight's changed in between. So the only thing that I could think of is if the weight hadn't changed in between, which I called them and they said it hadn't, then it may have been stolen at the store wherever I dropped it off. And so whenever they picked it up, they scanned it. It registered as being zero, zero pounds. And then they just kept scanning it the entire way through because it was zero pounds the whole way through. Now, obviously, could the buyer have lied? Probably. I mean, that's that's kind of the number one chance here. The buyer lied and filed a police report. That's probably what happened. But if they didn't, then it could have been that at the original store, it was taken out, retaped up, and sent off. And, and that's what the buyer claimed happened. So not that I believe them, but they had a lot of feedback. So it wasn't like it was some scammer person. I mean, it, it was it was a weird situation. I've never had something like that happen before. That's not to scare you off of eBay. That's just saying things like this can happen. So I try and mitigate the risks wherever possible and dropping it off at the actual source, UPS, FedEx, dropping it off at like one of their shipment centers. It just makes a lot of sense or like one of the stores or whatever, but like going directly to them or having them directly pick it up from your house is, is really what I try to do. So that's what I that's what I did today, and then I came back. I had some a, a little little more stuff I needed to do in the yard, and then ate dinner and got to work looking for more products on Amazon and did not find very much. And that's kind of the the, the risks you play sometimes when you're looking for stuff when you're sourcing. You may not find stuff, and especially when you're not that skilled in it. And I'm very good at finding things for eBay. Very good at finding things that will sell really well that are very niche, like very quick sell type of items. Hey, Disney released this item or hey, there's this limited edition lounge fly bag or like whatever. Like I can find that stuff pretty easily. I know what I'm looking for. I've, I've been reselling for a while where it's it's something that I can kind of filter out the BS and go to the, the good items and kind of say, he, these look good. These are typical brands that I would resell. These are typical brands that sell well or sell out on Target, Walmart, Best Buy, wherever. I can find those pretty easily, but I'm not skilled at finding Amazon stuff that is replenishable. It's just not one of my skill sets right now. So I'm working on that. It's obviously frustrating, but the, the tough part is like if you're sitting there, and this is something I've noticed, if I'm sitting there and I'm just thinking the entire time, man, this sucks. I'm not going to find anything. Why do I keep working on this? It's like, it feels just like a dead end. I usually don't find very much. And it's kind of because I'm not looking at all the different possibilities that are out there. When I'm searching on Amazon, there are so many different ASINs that are on their their website and you can really find like tons of different leads. And so the tough part is if you're really not looking for them because you're, you're kind of like beating yourself up going, hey, 
you know, you're screwing up. This is a waste of time. You may never find anything. You may just be a complete bozo for looking into this and you'll probably never sell anything on Amazon. Like that's not a good feedback loop you want in your head. It's just going to like hold you down and, and bog you down for being able to really find stuff. And it's the same thing when you go into a store, you go into a thrift store. And I did this all the time as a new reseller. I'd go in, I'd feel like a bozo because I wasn't finding anything. I think this doesn't work. I'm an idiot. I shouldn't be here. I look like an idiot. I've been in this thrift store for four hours and I haven't found anything. And then I got to leave and feel like a complete idiot and then go home. And if you have a family and they're like, where were you at? You got to say, hey, I was at the thrift store. And they say, what did you get? And you say nothing. You just, you kind of look dumb. And like, that's something that you have to work through and say, you know what? This is a learning process and I'm going to find stuff because everybody finds stuff. It's not really that difficult. I just don't know what I'm looking for yet. I don't have an acquired taste for reselling yet or reselling in this way. And so that's kind of where I'm at. And I noticed that if I can kind of like not get into a rut while I'm trying to source and look for items, I typically find way more inventory. And that's just the thing. Like you can't sit there or go to a store and just say, this sucks. I'm terrible. I'm never going to find this. You won't find anything. And I don't know all the like psychology of how that works or why it works. But I do know that if I go into a store and I'm feeling way, way discouraged about my sourcing, I find way less stuff. Or when I go online, I find way less stuff than I would if I feel pretty optimistic about it and just say, hey, I, I know what I'm doing, or at least I'm learning what I'm doing. I'm going to find stuff regardless because there's so much out there to find. And when you really think about it, there are so many products out there. There are so many products that you've never heard of. There's so many niche things out there that you've never heard of that I've never heard of that people want. And there was this, there was special blender bottles there's like special just random crap out there that i would have never thought sold but because they did a collab with this company and they regularly do collabs with this company you can make money on them or like there there's just plenty of stuff like that like limited edition pens and stuff like that like just stupid stuff that people want for for no reason other than it's limited edition or they just have some sort of sentimental value attached to the brand or, or whatever and so you need to just kind of work your way into that and that's what I've been doing is trying to figure out what are the what are the things that sell what are the things I need to look for what are the brands that do well what sorts of brands don't do well on eBay that do well on Amazon and like here's a hint there's a lot of them there's a ton of brands that do well on Amazon that don't do well on eBay like you can go to the the local grocery store and find tons of brands that would be like a special bounty paper towel and, and we've seen this from thrift to travel on Instagram if you follow her she finds all sorts of discontinued kind of items that you can sell on Amazon and there's stuff that sometimes doesn't do well on eBay but does well on Amazon and there's just like there's a disconnect there either there's not like enough people selling it on eBay so you don't really have a lot of data to go off of or like there may be an arbitrage opportunity on eBay or it may not be profitable to buy it off of eBay and flip it on Amazon because there just may not be like it may be too close in price right if the item is selling on Amazon for $80 and it's selling on eBay for $50 you can't really flip that on Amazon. You won't make very much money on it. And plus, you don't want to flip eBay stuff on Amazon anyways. Some people do it, some people don't. But like if Amazon ever says, hey, where's your invoice for this? We want to see that you've gotten it from a reputable distributor of the product, whether that be Walmart, Target, or even a wholesaler, and you present them an eBay receipt, they're not going to take that. Like 99% of the time, they're going to say, we have no way of knowing if this eBay person is legitimate. So we're not going to accept this and they'll either ding your account or even suspend you. So these are things you have to keep in mind. And we can sell stuff on Amazon 
different brands sell different places. Poshmark, all sorts of brands sell in there that may not sell on eBay. And Goat may sell better, like may sell shoes differently that don't sell on eBay as much because like sneakerheads go to Goat sometimes or they go to StockX. And so there's just different platforms and different brands that perform on different platforms. And this is stuff that you can learn add to your kind of database in your head of different brands, different platforms, what sells better where, and then sell these sorts of things and capitalize and make money on this. And so that's sort of where I'm at right now. Like still the same place I've been, I'm learning more, obviously a lot more seasoned than I was three weeks ago on Amazon. I know way more now. I know all sorts of kind of crap, different numbers that you have to hit. If you want to send in a, an item to all the same prep facility and you're sending in multiple boxes make sure you send in at least 18 it's kind of like the magic number for amazon because you want to be able to maximize the there's like for some reason 18 is that cutoff point where they say okay if you're sending an 18 of this we send it to one warehouse i don't know why that is but i know that now i didn't know that before or like new new sellers may not know that if you want to get ungated in an item and you want to buy it from a wholesaler you have to buy at least 10 units of that item some people don't know that like there's just these different numbers or different things about amazon that you don't know going into it and i'm way more seasoned now than i was just three weeks ago because i've been studying this and learning going into facebook groups going on reddit and going into discord asking questions like that's just that's just what i've been doing and I know a lot more now, but there's way, way more out there. Amazon's a much bigger platform than eBay. There's endless amounts of information to consume. And so I'm just trying to learn as I go and take in as much info on mistakes and things not to do as I can. That way I try not to make them and hopefully don't get my account clipped. And so that's just what I've been working on, working through that, working on learning how to source. That's the other big thing. I don't know what brands necessarily sell as well. I don't know what brands are private label brands for different, like, stores i don't know what brands are ip claim brands where they'll they'll submit an ip claim on you saying hey this is, or it's either an ip claim or an ip complaint but they'll basically say hey we don't think you're authorized to sell this brand and then you have to prove to amazon that you are authorized or you have to prove to them that you got it from a reputable place and you didn't like steal the the merchandise or you didn't buy it from somebody that stole it but there's all this different stuff out there and you have to know these brands because you don't want to go buy a, a Beachbody disc and then sell it on Amazon or eBay and have Beachbody file a complaint against you and then you have to deal with this sort of thing where you have a ding on your eBay account with a Vero listing or you have a ding on your Amazon account and you get suspended. So it's just learning these things, kind of working your way through it. That's what I'm trying to do with Amazon right now. It's a bit of a struggle, but it is what it is. And that's kind of at the end of it, I'll know way more than I did going into it. And I'll be way more equipped to sell a lot more on Amazon, knowing new brands, knowing new items, knowing all the different things that I didn't know before. So anyway, that's where I'm at right now. That FBA shipment I sent yesterday is on its way there. Hopefully it gets there and they can unpack it and everything. And I'll keep you up to date on how some of my inventory is selling, whether I'm making money, whether I'm losing money, whether it was a complete just crappy box of inventory to send in. It may have been, I, I don't know. Like the data looked like it was there. So I only bought a few of each SKU that I was looking to send in. I think it'll do all right. I don't think it'll be the best box I've ever sent in. I, I hope and pray it's not the best box I ever send in because that means I'm not learning anything. But it, it, I think it'll do all right. But I'll keep you up to date on how I'm selling on Amazon, different stuff that's working on there for me. Hopefully that can help you out and help you make some money on there as well. So anyway, with that being said, I'm going to wrap things up. It's Tuesday night. I got a lot that I want to get done before bed. And taking a little break from sourcing kind of to clear my head with this podcast. So I'll let you guys go. You guys have a great rest of your Tuesday. And I'll talk to you tomorrow with another podcast. Have a good one. Peace. Peace.